0: Good afternoon. Uh, Just a reminder to everyone, next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Uh, So because of that, we won't be having our our midweek Bible study. uh, But we will be having our Bible study throughout the rest of the season of Lent. Um, So also next Wednesday, we will still be having a 2 p.m. service and also a 7 p.m. service uh, with the imposition of ashes. Our first reading for today is from the 16th chapter of Exodus. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness. And behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer, according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered, some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little, had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> Our second reading is from the second chapter of John. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this he went down to Capernaum. With his mother and his brothers. And his disciples. And they stayed there for a few days. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Lord's prayer. With the fourth petition. What is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In this fourth petition we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And when you read that in the Lord's Prayer, that's all it is, just one sentence. And it certainly sounds like we're just praying for bread, but what is, is wrapped up into that automatically means anything and everything that you need for the support of your body. For the Jews, we saw that great example in the Old Testament where God, I love this, he, 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 he made them humble. He he humbled them by having them literally rely on Him every day for bread, right? And we've been studying this in adult Bible study on Sundays through the Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. For 40 years, God kept giving his, his children Israel. Bread, every day. Daily bread. That's where this phrase came from in the Lord's Prayer when Jesus prayed it. He was referencing all the way back in the Exodus. But it's more than just one thing, like bread. It's it's the relationship we as fallen human beings have with God. Meaning, that bread that we need every day to eat, like the Israelites did. It came from God. They didn't go and grow grain and grind up the grain and bake it. That's not how this worked. The bread was given from manna from heaven, from God. So automatically, the stuff, the thing they were eating, it was always, it wasn't just bread, it was give us this, meaning God, God, and what we need to survive every day daily bread. And what I love so much about Luther's meaning to this is he broadened it out, right? Because we need so much more in life than just a loaf of bread. And, and we, we give thanks for so many other things. Food, drink, daily water, right? Clothing, shoes, the, the, the clothes we put on. And I always say this to people. I say this to confirmands. We do not realize... And we do not give thanks. We give thanks often when we pray at a meal. If we pray at a meal. That's often when we pray. But did we pray and give thanks to God when we put our shoes on today? When you had a shirt you put on. Did you say thank you Lord for giving me this shirt? You know he's giving us things all day long. And I think that's a beautiful realization for us to have. To live that way Constantly throughout the the day, realizing everything we have is a gift to us from God. It's a beautiful way to live our lives. Clothing, shoes, house, home. We complain about our house and home, the size of it, the clean, having to cut the grass. These are gifts from God. Plenty of people don't have homes. Plenty of people. You have a home. Land, animals, money, goods, devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers. Devout, devout, devout. We should pray and give thanks if our spouse is devout, meaning Christian. Or others in our lives are Christian. And if they are not, we pray to God that he would bless them. With his Holy Spirit. And create faith in them. Good government. Oh my goodness. The Government is the butt of our jokes. Has been. This is nothing new in history right. But, but should the government be. Remember. As Romans said. Who put government in place in the first place. God. And as Paul said. If you're fighting against your government. You're actually fighting against God. God. So we should keep that in mind, and it doesn't matter what the government is. We can look through all kinds of uh, countries throughout the world, and they all have different types of government, and all of them are gifts from God, because government does one thing primarily in God's book. Keep order. Prevent gross outbursts of chaos, of crime, and uh, I can point to countries in this world where there is no government they're horrible places to be in. I've been in some of them. They're horrible. People live under constant fear. It's, it's, it's awful. So may we always give thanks to God for our government. That doesn't mean we can't be involved in politics and try to change how governments act. Nothing wrong with that. But as we do that, may we still at the same time give thanks to God because it's a gift to us. Good weather, peace, health, self-control... was the last time we prayed for that or gave thanks to god for that good reputation good friends faithful neighbors and the like pretty much everything else luther kind of lumps in with that and the like but i think there's a big one missing if i may be so bold as to say and one thing i think we can and, and probably do give thanks to god very often is for our salvation that he has given to us in Christ, truly the greatest bread that we could ever receive. And I was reminded of that today in our, believe it or not, in our gospel reading. In our gospel reading today, we have the wedding of Cana in Galilee. And this is a a unique passage because it kind of comes out of the blue, and a lot of people have asked, why is that his first miracle? You know, turning water into wine. (laughs) What is that? There's all kinds of jokes about that, of course. But then Jesus went on to do other, more, we would say, consequential miracles, healings, um, removing demons from people, raising the dead. But this one, I think this is actually one of his most important. And notice it's the first. And I think there's a good reason. And it has to do with what we need. At the beginning of this, this passage, we have a wedding going on. And notice what happens. They run out of wine in this wedding. And it's Jesus' mother, the Virgin Mary, who goes to Jesus. And she says to him, they have no wine. And Jesus says something to her that might make us scratch our heads. It doesn't seem, doesn't seem to make sense. But it actually does. Jesus said, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And then the Virgin Mary says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. We we might think, well, that's kind of an odd way that Jesus responded. Woman, what does this have to do with me? And Jesus is right because it is the groom's responsibility in a wedding back then to make sure there was wine, enough wine, to last the entire wedding week. And they drank a lot. Notice there was like six 30 gallons of wine. That's a lot of wine. It was a long time. Big parties. The groom in this wedding, he didn't do a good job of being a husband right from the get-go. He didn't plan enough. This would have been a horrible start to his marriage because his wife would have looked at him and go, Do you not care about me enough to make sure there's enough wine? How dare you? And everyone would have been offended. The families would have been upset. This was like a divorce waiting to happen. So that's why Jesus says, woman, what does this have to do with me? Because technically, nothing. He's not the groom. Yet. And that's when Jesus said to Mary, my hour has not yet come. Anytime Jesus spoke about his hour coming had to do with the crucifixion. My hour has come. And we might think, what on earth does this have to do with a wedding? Everything. Doesn't Jesus describe himself in the Bible as the groom of us, the church, his bride? Doesn't matter if you are a man or a woman in the church biologically, we are all the bride of Christ. He is the groom. And so, by stepping in in this human wedding, by providing the daily bread that they needed for this wedding to be a success, Jesus was showing what he was going to one day do on the cross to be the groom. Of his greatest bride ever. His church. And supply us with our greatest daily bread we ever need. A bread that lasts for not just a a meal. For breakfast, lunch or dinner. But a bread that lasts for eternity. When he gives us his sacrifice. His body and blood given into death. For us. For the forgiveness of all of our sins. That's our greatest daily bread. Because that is a daily bread that lasts for an eternity. And so may we, every day, not only as when we pray at meals to give thanks for what's before us. When we put on our clothes and our, our, our shoes and our, our shirts. And we give thanks to God for that daily bread as well. But in everything that we do throughout our days. May we always pause and give thanks to God for the salvation. He has given us that truly that greatest bread which literally he hands to us in the lord's supper to prove that he has done everything needed to save us amen and now may the peace of our god which surpasses our understanding keep your hearts and your minds in christ jesus our lord amen